welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm the Sam, and Sam Says and today, I'm so happy to welcome Stephanie Atella, Chief Program Officer at the Illinois Chapter of American Academy of Pediatrics, to talk about their Medicaid Redeterminations Outreach efforts. Stephanie, welcome. Thanks so much. Hi. And I, I'm just so glad you're here because, you know, Medicaid is, and, and Medicaid Redeterminations are so critical to both of our organizations, right? Like, we are covering in Illinois well over a third of the children, um, clearly pretty important to the American Academy of Pediatrics, and then obviously to the health plans. Those are all our members, and we want to maintain coverage for them. And so we are talking about redeterminations over here at IMHIP every single day, and I, I suspect at the American Academy of Pediatrics, you guys are. And so I think, you know, we each have our own vantage point, and each have something really unique to offer. So can we just sort of start, Stephanie, with you giving us a snapshot about what you guys are doing right now um, to support Medicaid redeterminations here in Illinois? Sure, yes. Uh, and yes, Medicaid and the health insurance offered to under-resourced families in Illinois is so important. And so, you know, there's only our, our doctors want to take care of children, uh, see children, make sure they have all of the resources and services that they need. And so that in doesn't always include making sure that they're um, completing paperwork and things like that for programs that are outside of their control, um, but certainly uh, making sure that they're echoing messaging and understanding the steps that were and are required for redetermination, especially some since some of these families have never been through this process before, uh, was really important uh, to us to make sure that our pediatricians and their office staff knew how to support families through that process. And as we know, it's been a multi-stepped and a multi-phased process and started with things that, you know, may be very simple for people who have all the resources they need to complete the steps like internet access and um, strong health literacy and recognition of the different mailings and communications that may come out uh, where for others it, it's very complicated and maybe not even in the language that these families normally uh, natively speak. So uh, our goal was to just make sure that our members and pediatricians and again, there's their office staff that supports families was felt equipped to communicate with the families and what to expect and understand the different timing of the different steps uh, and how to support families in not losing their coverage. Oh, I'm so glad you highlighted that, Stephanie, because I think so often what is missed is we are sort of trying to bring, and here I'm in the NCOs, this sort of falls more in our bailiwick, like we're used to sort of this work. But what is sort of lost in that communication is we know our provider partners 
aren't always like some are super familiar with this kind of stuff, but a good amount aren't. And so we're trying to simplify resources for our providers and simplify resources for our Medicaid members. And obviously that looks really different too, like how we break something down and communicate something for a pediatrician's office understandably looks different than how we would communicate that to the family themselves. Um, I mean, from, like you said, a health literacy standpoint, or, you know, just the way we're communicating, who we're communicating with, like for pediatricians, maybe a webinar is the right way to go. For a Medicaid member, a webinar is not, is absolutely not the right way to go. And so I think it's really important to note that, that while providers are often seen as this wonderful resource and such an important part of a member's healthcare journey, like, hello, they're your doctor or your behavioral health provider or, you know, what, whatnot. But we're now really, in order to sort of get this all right, asking them, some of them to wade into waters they've really never done before or have done in sort of a limited capacity. And none of us have done for three years. And how do we support the providers? How do we support the members? How do we like, you know, streamline that messaging so we're not muddying it up where the health plan saying one thing, the department saying another thing, and a provider saying a third thing. And I think here in Illinois, we have some good messaging on some of that. Like HFS has really led there and, and been helpful. But I think that's just really important what you've underscored of like this isn't, this doesn't fall into a traditional provider's like. Bailiwick. Like this wasn't taught in med school, how to fill out a Medicaid application. But that being said, you guys are doing this work and you are committed to it. And that's why you, we're talking today. I know that you are seeing some areas of success and opportunity. Do you want to sort of highlight what you're seeing or what your pediatricians and their offices are seeing sort of on the ground? Yeah, I think, you know, there was an article that came out today with just some of the updated numbers for the state of Illinois, you know, given that this has been a national exercise, we uh, have seen some data coming out of other states a little bit earlier than Illinois and have, you know, a pulse on what's happening there and have looked to the national AAP to continue providing that information to each of the state chapters and lessons learned and uh, you know, if there are states that are farther ahead in the redetermination process than Illinois is, then, you know, we're certainly taking those lessons. But um, I, I think just it's good to take a look back on what we did to try to prepare our members. And so in March, we partnered with HFS and did a webinar around redetermination, what to expect, what those steps were. Uh, and you know, recorded that webinar, put it on our website. It's on the homepage, easy to find. The slides are there as well. Um, and then we kind of, um, not kind of, we, we took the National AAP's uh, template letter for patients and families and just kind of uh, tailored it to the Illinois timeline and steps. And we posted that to our website as well um, and put it, it put that out there for the different clinics to use to message to families about what to expect. We tried to make the language very, very simple, um, putting QR codes as well as phone numbers and links and different ways to access the information. 
so that our uh, pediatricians and their clinics could also be communicating with families in addition to the other organizations that would be reaching out about redetermination. Um, so, yeah, so I think some of the lessons learned uh, are, are, we're still kind of waiting to see how things are going. I know it, the headlines today said about 37,000 people in Illinois had lost coverage, um, but you know, we haven't really seen the breakdown of who, what the demographics are with, you know, how many are children and things like that, at least I, um, not yet for Illinois. Um, we haven't seen that. So we're, we're anxiously awaiting that information. And, um, yeah, I, I think we did see some of the reasoning though, like some people opted not to participate or didn't get the information. And so some of that information was helpful. So we'll probably continue to renew our messaging to members about where we're at with the different steps. Um, but yeah, we didn't get a lot of questions from our members. I think they were, this was not a surprise in terms of, like you mentioned, HFS putting messaging out and then it being something that was happening across the U.S. and not just unique to the state. I think our our members have a pulse on these types of things because while you mentioned it's not necessarily in their wheelhouse to be completing the paperwork, it's certainly something that they know impacts the families they're serving and, and the well-being of their practices in some um, areas too, if they're if they're serving po large populations with this type of coverage, you know, they they have a stake in making sure that families keep that insurance um, in order to keep seeing the patients too. But that's, you know, not a big driver, as we know, um, as Medicaid reimbursements are are not what um make our doctors, <laughs> not what brings them to work every day. <laughs> so no, it's, it's the love of kids, right? And families yes. and wanting to serve. And I think that's why, you know, they have stepped up and they have been paying attention and, and you know, I'm sure have found your resources really helpful. Um, I do know, like you said, we don't have yet our Illinois-specific numbers. I suspect we will soon um, with regards to kids. But what we are seeing nationally is a need to refine our messaging because we are seeing that more kids are losing coverage than we would expect. And our suspicion on this, although not yet proven, is that there's a different income threshold for adults than children in most states. And that is a challenge because if a parent sees sort of the income threshold, they know they're not eligible. They just think, oh, I'm not eligible. I'm not going to go through the process of returning this paperwork because like, why would I? Without the appreciation of, but your children may still be eligible. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, looking at what is some national uh, communication best practices on this, and then thinking locally, what are some programs that we have that might be serving the same population that we can communicate with? And so I'm thinking, you know, we've had conversations with the department about what about talking to the child care providers and the child care providers that know the families that are getting child care assistance, those children are likely also Medicaid eligible. You know, we're working with CPS. CPS is doing great work on redeterminations. They know that a lot of the populations they are serving are um, going to be Medicaid eligible. So what are the, where can we sort of 
um, coordinate there. Uh, and, and other school districts as well. I know that you know, school districts in Springfield and elsewhere have sent out redetermination letters and notices and just sort of reminding families that this is coming. So I, I think that as we learn more, we'll just have to tweak our messaging. We'll have to sort of figure out what's going on. But where I'm heartened is, you know, you said this, Stephanie, like it's not about the reimbursements. It's about the well-being of these families. And for, you know, I've been in healthcare, you know, for 15 years or so at this point. And this is one of those moments where it feels like everyone's on the same side. You know, the the doctors and the health plans and the pharmacies and the hospitals all agree. We need to keep people covered. And we need to work together to do it. And let's partner with schools and childcare providers and churches and transportation providers and like anybody we can think of to get this right. And as Herculean of a task as it is, and as hard of as it is, I think that like moment is really important. And I think we recognize why is because if it goes wrong, it hurts our entire ecosystem. Um, you know, these members losing coverage doesn't mean they don't get sick. Uh, it just means that it puts a, a, a additional strain on the system um, at a time when the system like can least afford it, I suspect, given everything else that they're facing. Um, so there's a lot at risk, but it's bringing us together in a way that I haven't seen and that I'm really heartened by. Um, you know, it's like challenge it's a challenging situation sort of bringing people together i love to hear that samantha i mean we're we're i guess in the space where we're all that's children and families are always top of mind for us and likely you know your organization as well and so it's yeah i'm great it's great to hear that that's kind of what you guys are noticing from the process and um i can only hope that we slow things down with the amount of people who are losing coverage, who are eligible. Um, and we'll certainly continue to work to do that from whatever place we can and continue our, our advocating and uh, recommendations for best practices on how to do that. Absolutely. We have to get it right. Families are depending on us to get it right and to use our voices to make sure um, that their voices are heard. And so I know that you guys at the uh, Illinois Chapter of American Academy of Pediatrics uh, will do that. And I know that we'll do that here at IMHIP as well. Oh, Stephanie, thank you for joining me, but more importantly, for always being that partner in all of this. I really appreciate you, your time. Likewise, thanks for having me. This was fun. Oh, good. To our listeners, to learn more about what IMHIP is doing, to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.org. And of course, don't forget to like and follow us and ILAAP on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the Sam and Sam Says. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.